I believe storytelling is essential if you want to communicate with people in the congregation or the audience because they've paid attention to stories all week. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make a difference. I'm here as always, well, not as always, but as most of the time with my co-host, Logan. Logan. Hey, hi. hey, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm really good, Perry. How are you? Um, I'm great. We, you know, we took about a week or two break um, from the podcast, but we're back. We got several episodes coming out and Couple, couple bonus things coming up too. That's going to be a lot of fun. You're welcome, fam. You're welcome. Like Logan is the one that made all that happen. <laughs> so, and want to give a special shout out to who is it? Your Mima or something like that? Nana. Nana that always listens to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, she up? does. What's up, Nana? So, Logan, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about storytelling, y'all. Mm. You know, Perry, I feel like you are notorious for your storytelling. Notorious. Notorious. It's a good word. S A T word. But I feel like every sermon I've listened to of yours, there's always an element of story to it, whether it's in the beginning when you're talking about something that kind of gives us a laugh or whether it's at the end, you draw in a story that's a little bit more emotional, a little bit more touching. So I'm just curious, why is storytelling such a key component of your messages? Okay, I'm going to give like two answers. The first one is Jesus, because, you know, all Christians say the answer is Jesus, but um, not being not being funny, but being dead serious, as we read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus, in order to make a point, was always telling a story. We never see Jesus, um, as some people would say, exegete a text. Like, he never preached line by line, verse by verse, through the Old Testament. Let me pause. If you preach exegetically, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's not how we saw Jesus do it. People would ask Jesus, um, uh, Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? And Jesus goes into a story. Um, right. Jesus, what about this? Well, you know, you know, or when the one guy asks him, who is my neighbor? Well, then he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. People are like, oh. So he's always telling stories that connected with people it had a spiritual meaning. And I discovered um, years ago, well, now I've been preaching for over 20 years. Woo. And I know it's Getting crazy. Getting up there, man. That, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> um, but when people talk to me about messages they remember, they, they don't say, man, that time you broke down Luke chapter 4 and talked about the temptation. Like, nobody's ever said that to me. They're like, I never will forget the story you told about blank. I never will forget the story you told or when you talked about or when you used that particular illustration. Most of the time it's the stories that really do connect with people because at the end of the day, think about this. People love stories. If people didn't love stories, then Hollywood would not even really exist as a city, right? I mean, the movie industry, I, I'm 
I binge on Netflix because I Ooh. love a good story. Yes. I'm like, I can watch one more episode. I know it's two in the morning. But, I, I mean, how important is sleep, really? I Cliffhangers, mean, man. They yeah, get you every time. They do. They do. They do. So so those are the main reasons that I use stories. I think they connect with people, and I think Jesus was a, um, a storyteller. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, even though I'm not. You're a supporter <laughs> of telling other people's stories, yeah. not just your own. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, good and bad. So what are some examples? Like, where's the line when you're telling someone else's stories? Here's the deal. When you're telling somebody else's story, tell people that it's somebody else's story. Because one of the mistakes mm-hmm. I've seen communicators make is they will give an illustration. They'll hear an illustration about another person, and then they'll tell it like it happened to them. And that's where we can make a mistake in communication. Um, and so instead of that, I'll be like, hey, I had a friend who, and then you kind of tell the story from their point of view. So you're still telling a story, but you're not attributing attributing it to personal experience. And I think that's the main, but like I have a friend one time as a pastor and uh, he was counseling a couple and the woman was telling him, my husband was physically abusive. Like he was physically abusing me he kept slamming my hand against the wall and um and my pastor friend looked at the husband he's like dude what are you doing he goes she was hitting me with a frying pan and i was trying to get the frying pan out of her hand and the only way i could do it was slam her hand okay so that story didn't happen to me it happened to him but i've told that story um, as just as an, Hey, I have a pastor friend that da, 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 da. And I've told that story. So, so it still connects. Right. Um, and it's still a story, but you're not saying that it happened to you. And that's all the introduction it needs is someone. Yeah. Blank. I have a friend or I know somebody or, right. or I was reading the other day. Hmm. Um, you know, cause sometimes we read interesting stories online and everything, everything on the internet is true. Always like and the alien stories. It, uh, <laughs> I had to, Tied in somehow. Take long. <laughs> so, but, but you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, so, definitely. So, I was reading, I heard, I saw, um, I have a friend who, those stories still work. It doesn't always have to be a personal illustration. Right. You talked about Hollywood and how if we didn't agree with storytelling, Hollywood would go out of business. Right. Hollywood has a really nasty habit of happy endings. They do. They do. They're the always, always, there's a red the ribbon girl. on the end. Yeah. Always scores the winning shot. You always make that mortgage. You know what I mean? Yes. Always. Yes. So should churches only tell the stories with pretty endings? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I think it's a dangerous, dangerous trap because in the church we want to give hope. And so we feel like that the the best way to give hope is to always put a bow at the end of the story. But some stories don't have a bow at the end of them. Some stories don't work out the way. Like I, I have a, um, I have a really good uh, friend, or friends, husband and wife, and they recently lost a baby. Like the baby was born and it died a couple days later. Um, th- there's not really a ribbon on. You can't. I mean, right. you can try to to throw a Bible verse in there. But at the end of the day, the pain and suffering is still very real. And that story is still being developed. And so um, I don't think if we're going to connect with 
people that we can put a bow. Now, listen, I'm not saying don't ever tell a story with a happy ending. Right. But but at some point, there's going to be tragedy in the story. Right. I mean, we follow a, we follow a man that died on a cross. So, so tragedy is not new to Christianity. Um, and so because it's not new to Christianity, we don't need to pretend that it doesn't happen in our churches. And we, need, we don't need to be afraid to tell those stories um, either. So do you have like a structure for storytelling? Like how do you tell your stories from stage? It never seems too long or too short. You know, it's like that perfect sweet spot of storytelling. Well, it, it kind of depends on the story. Like go, going back to your previous question, I think, I think for too long, and this thought just hit me, for too long the church has felt the pressure to put a bow at the end of the story. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, yes. So so it starts out and there's a person that's like, I was a crack-smoking lesbian that murdered um, innocent people, and now I'm married to a man, and I run a nonprofit organization. Okay, <laughs> that's a bit extreme, but 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 it's the story we like to tell. But sometimes, sometimes the uh, sometimes the the depression doesn't go away, right. and sometimes the addiction is still something that people wrestle with, and sometimes the 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 marriage didn't work, and and sometimes. You didn't get the job you prayed for. And right. so I think what's more important is telling the stories that connect with the people in the audience. Um, but because, like, for example, for example, um, a few years ago, I became just, like, overwhelmingly aware. I was uh, preaching on a Mother's Day, and I got an email, and it's like, hey, um, really enjoy the message, but next year when you tell the stories— you need to keep in mind there's some women in the church that can't have children. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, there's no way to put a bow on that. Right. But you got to talk about that. So, anyway, circling back to your question, the way I time the stories are what's appropriate in the moment. Um, like, I heard a pastor the other day. He preached about a, a 50-minute message, um, and it was good, but the first 10 minutes of the message was a story. However, it was perfect because that story set up the message so well. Um, on the flip side, I've heard some messages where it's like it was a big story, and at the end they put a Bible verse to say it was a, me- <laughs> a message. Yeah, it's like, and so you got to kind of feel out the moment, and yeah. and um, it all comes down to what I call. This is what this is how I I do it. I call it a cadence. Every mm. sermon that I prepare. When I'm when I'm writing it, when I'm when I'm um, putting it on paper, when I'm drawing it out, I draw out my sermons. Um, when I draw out the sermon, there, there's got to be a cadence. There's a rhythm, and for me, it's like, hey, this needs something here. This needs something here. Now, other people are more led by the Spirit, and if that's how you preach, it's great. I wouldn't discourage that at all. I just feel like the Spirit leads me in my preparation time, and and I think you know, I think you got to figure out your cadence and your rhythm. So for me, there's not the, the the short answer is there's not a right answer to your question. <laughs> like that, that's a good takeaway. Find your cadence, Find man. Your, it, it is. Find it's, your all about a, it's all about your cadence. It's all I about like your it. Cadence. It's a good word. Here's a question. I know everybody's thinking it. Are your stories always true? Here's the deal. My stories are always true, um, and and that's something that people can't quite believe, but. Um, usually there's a witness with me that can verify the story. <laughs> I have super weird things happen to me. And I think I think God is like, hey, listen, if this happens to Perry, 
he's going to talk about it. So let's, let's give him all the let's weird Let's go ahead and let his car get stolen. Um, oh, my gosh. So, you know, so and exaggerating, have I ever exaggerated? I'm not going to lie. I've never exaggerated a story. I, okay, maybe one a time or two. But um, sometimes when you're exaggerating a story, usually people can tell because of your facial expression, your body language. True. And it's, you know, you kind of. But all of my stories, I, I try, I mean, I can't think of an example where I just made up something. Hey, I right. was walking through the house the other day and an angel appeared. That that hasn't happened yet. Right. If it did, I would it, Maybe you should specifically ask God for that I one. don't want that because I would crap my pants. Yeah, that I would, would be <laughs> so scary. Everyone was always so scared of angels when they showed up in the Bible. So. Every time an angel showed up, people literally yeah, wet literally, themselves. Yeah, literally, what is it? The first words out of their mouth are don't Fear be afraid. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Which like, is I'm great really for scared. clean your pants. <laughs> so on a scale of one to ten, like how important is storytelling when communicating and getting better at preaching? Well, for me, okay, so there are godly people on both sides of this argument. Um, I want to make that very clear right from the start. Um, there are some people that think you don't tell any stories. Your sermons are basically a commentary on the text. And if that's what you believe, then that's what you believe. And I, this is something I won't argue about. On the flip side, I'm, I'm passionate about the fact that I believe storytelling is essential if you want to communicate with people in the congregation or the audience because— they've paid attention to stories all week, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. Um, gossip. Or, or, or gossip or what? Yeah, or whatever. But they've listened to stories all week. So why should they come to church and get a lecture when, when there's a story that we could plant in the message that would connect the whole thing? And at the end of the day, people remember stories. When it, This is what I love when people go, well, I'm preaching, I'm only preaching what Jesus said. Well, here's the hypocrisy in that statement. If you're only going to preach what Jesus said, then you're going to have to preach stories. Boom. It, it's true. It Because it, Jesus told stories. So before we end today's podcast, Perry, is there anything else that you want to bring to the table? Well, um, I want to bring the fact that I don't think I've ever had a car stolen. I said that <laughs> earlier. but Disclaimer. I, yet, yet. That I, dear God, I'm scared to go home and look in the parking lot now. If my car is stolen, that that will. I mean, I'll, we are downtown Anderson. It's like I, right under <laughs> Chicago crime. You I know? will tell. I will tell that story. <laughs> um, no, just just a reminder to everybody that we have a resource called uh, "Getting Better at Preaching." Um, it's got all kind of cool stuff in it. the The interview with Pastor Stephen Furtick is solid gold it's just about an hour and some of the stuff he says like i took notes and i I'm, took notes <laughs> yeah i'm applying some of the stuff that he said though and it was it was super good we've got a preaching calendar in there like how to plan a preaching calendar that actually builds momentum throughout your church year um we also got like a how to do it. i love my church series um which every church that's done that has seen a bump in attendance and salvations i might add and it's available on our website, I want my church to grow.com on resources. If you'll click get better at preaching and if you'll enter the promo code growth 18, just the number the number 18 growth 18, you'll get 50 bucks off of that resource. That's all through the month of October. That's our That's Halloween right. gift. Happy Halloween. 
Don't we let, do celebrate Halloween in this. Yeah, office. don't let that price scare you. You can for for you can for fifty for that code you can knock fifty bucks off and get it for one hundred forty nine bucks. That's right. All right, so you guys have a phenomenal phenomenal week, and we will see you next week right here, same bat time, same bat channel. Logan has no idea what that means, and uh, no idea. It, well, yeah, we'll that's old school. I'll tell easy. Old school. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.